The Global Economic Report with Gary Zimmerman is sponsored by Rick Kalb, Wealth Management Advisor with Northwestern Mutual since 1983 on Spring Street, Nevada City. Also at rickkalb.com. Well, welcome, Gary. Uh, you know, I have some questions for you about the economy. Uh, no strange topic for us to talk about. <laughs> Are you ready? <laughs> okay. Well, thank you, Paul. I hope so. <laughs> it's good to be back. Um, and the economy is in the news with, you know, employment numbers, inflation, interest rates, Fed decisions are still, you know, making news. Uh, you know, and that's important. We've got some, you know, relatively maybe a little better mixed uh, news on some of the economic indicators. Um, the inflation numbers and employment numbers, however, are still well below what the Fed would like to see them at. And that, you know, that leads the Fed to a, a recommending or sticking with an, an easy or more stimulative monetary policy. So, Gary, when the Fed policy makers met uh, at the end of January, uh, they didn't make any new or major changes, as I understand it, in interest rates or monetary policy. Uh, how would you characterize monetary policy today? Is it helping the economy, neutral or slowing the economy? Paul, yes, the, the Fed's January decision really made no significant changes to monetary or interest rate policy. And I would characterize the ex characterize the existing policy as being sub very supportive of helping the U.S. economy recover from the serious and deep 2020 pandemic recession. Um, you know, I think the, uh, as, as Chair Powell noted in his testimony before the Senate Banking Committee this week, you know, um, the economic outlook remains highly uncertain. You know, when the inflation numbers are, are soft and part because the pandemic has slowed the economy and the labor markets need help. So, you know, this is an appropriate uh, Fed policy. It's a sound, I would, I would say it's a sound decision. The Fed continues to help the economy by keeping the short-term overnight interbank, it's called the federal funds target interest rate at nearly zero. And then this, you know, is an interest rate that's going to help um, the economy expand. Um, low interest rates help. Um, so that that's good. Um, Fed is also continuing to expand its balance sheet or its assets. You know, some refer to this as quantitative easing or QE. And the Fed is buying $120 billion in bonds every month, mostly U.S. Treasury securities. Um, and these asset purchases, you know, again, put downward pressure on interest rates in general and help stabilize the financial markets. And so that also helps. So no change here, you know, continues Fed policies that are designed to help the economy and have, you know, are supporting a recovery. Well, Gary, the labor market data for the last couple of months uh, doesn't look too good. Uh, <laughs> what are your thoughts on the higher numbers of people losing their jobs and the rather poor statistics on payroll jobs? Oh, Paul, I completely agree. The labor markets are numbers or indicators are still pretty depressed or depressing. Um, too many workers are being laid off from their jobs and the total number of payroll jobs, you know, actually declined in December and the increase in January was was quite small. We're still down about 10 million jobs from the pre-pandemic peak about a year ago. So, you know, the economy has a, a long way to go to a full recovery, um, you know, and about half of that 10 million 
workers who've been unemployed may have actually been left the labor force, stopped looking for jobs. Um, as Fed Governor uh, Brainerd noted this week, you know, if they hadn't, the unemployment rate wouldn't be uh, 6.3%, it might be closer to 10%. Um, and, and if these folks stay out of the labor market for, for too long, uh, the likelihood that they become permanently unemployed um, is a real problem. And that's, you know, again, a, a critical reason for doing a, another large economic relief package and, and doing it now. Um, before before they are out of the labor force too long, lose lose their skills and find it difficult to come back. Well, let's talk some more details on the labor market. Uh, it seems to me if 10 million full-time workers are unemployed or only working part-time or have given up looking for a job, how do they support themselves and their families? <laughs> That's the, um, in this case, maybe just a few dollars question. Um, you know, you spend your savings, uh, but, you know, many folks have, you know, very small amounts of savings. You you borrow, run up your credit cards. You know, essentially, you need a job. Um, and, you know, the job numbers for payroll jobs published by the Bureau of Labor Statistics, you know, we had 152.5 million jobs in February of 2020 uh, before COVID. In January last month, um, we only had 142.6 million payroll workers who are working. Now, again, that's almost 10 million um, workers who are you know, essentially newly unemployed in, as a result of COVID. So they've lost their income, they've lost, lost their spending, and you know we need to get them back to working and earning and spending. Um, you know, and, and those payroll numbers are, you know, really important economic indicators that the Fed follows. Yeah, I, I can tell you that the new Treasury Secretary Janet Yellen will be following them, and most economists do 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 too. Um, you know, you, you know, if workers are not working, and, and the same is true for businesses, then you know their income falls, and in most cases, so will their spending. So, you know, again, this is this is where you need that relief funding that only the federal government can do in a, in a disaster, and this is a sort of an economic health disaster. And it's I think it's important to think of these relief packages in that way, like government spending after a natural disaster that damages an economy, you know, hurricanes, earthquakes, floods, fires, and things like that. Um, um, and you know, so it's really important to get that help and and, and get it now before folks are, are you know sort of permanently left out of the labor force. Uh, Gary, do you have an estimate of how many jobs the U.S. economy would normally generate in a month? You know, assuming the economy was doing well and expanding. Ooh, good question, Paul. Um, yeah, the economy averaged adding about two hundred thousand new jobs, payroll jobs, a month in in recent uh, economic recoveries. You know, in the two thousands. Um, so in December, the economy actually lost. 227,000 jobs. That's a, a big red flag. And in January, it only added 49,000 jobs. So, you know, those, those, it's clear that the labor market weakness and recently has been, you know, hurt by COVID, the resurgence of COVID, COVID and the efforts to fight the pandemic. So, you know, at this slow rate of adding jobs and even, you know, losing jobs in recent months, it could take years for the economy to get back to, to full employment. And if we have lots of workers who just leave the labor force and never come back, you know, the economy is going to grow more slowly and in the future it will be smaller and that will affect you know all of us. 
So, you know, and even even if we add 200,000 jobs a month, it's still going to take us a little over four years to add back, you know, 10 million jobs that we've lost in, in 2020. Um, you know, so that's this is not a good situation. Well, layoffs also have gone back up in recent months, I understand, and remain very high. I guess that's another indicator that the labor markets are really far from fully recovered. Far from fully recovered is a good way to put it, pretty similar to what Fed (laughs) Chair Powell, how he put it this week. Um, Yeah, this number, you know, uh, remains historically very high as well. The the four-week average of initial claims for unemployment insurance, that's kind of a mouthful, uh, is a good measure of layoff trends in the economy. And in recent weeks, it has been running around 850 a thousand workers who've lost their jobs every week, and that's a lot. Um, another way to look at this would be, you know, in in the past month, with an average of eight hundred fifty thousand um, workers losing their job every week, you're you're looking at you know three and a half million lost jobs in a month, and this is in a period with the economy actually expanding, and um, you know even, even though we are you know being hurt by COVID and its effects on the economy, so. You know, 850,000 job losses in a week is, you know, in a week is huge. Um, and it's, you know, it's even way above the worst job losses that we saw in, in the worst recessions over the past 50 years. Um, the new unemployment insurance claims peaked at only around 650,000 workers in 1982 and 2009. So, you know, we're, we're still way above that, even though the economy is growing, um, you know, that number sort of as a rule of thumb, I think most economic recoveries uh, with a growing economy, we'd probably expect to see normally about maybe 300, 350,000 new unemployment insurance claims a week or, you know, monthly average. But yeah, so yeah, that's, yeah, we're just, it's a really, that's a, not a good sign. It's a difficult situation. Uh, Gary, we're just about out of time, but one last question. Uh, We recently got a new estimate for gross domestic product for the last three months of 2020 and for the year as a whole. How do you interpret these statistics? Yes, Paul. The um, into January, the Bureau of Economic Analysis released their advanced real GDP estimate for the last quarter of 2020. Uh, this was a preliminary number. It'll be revised over the next months as additional data and, and revised data can be incorporated into the estimates of GDP or economic output for the for the quarter and, and for the year. I'll also be watching this week when the first revision or update of the those GDP numbers comes out to see how it might be changing, whether it gets revised up or down or, or stays about the same. Um, for the year as a whole, those numbers show that the economy, uh, economy's output declined about two and a half percent in 2020. That's a very, that's a big recession. Um, so we're still far below potential and we're far below the peak GDP that we saw um, beginning of, of 2020. Um, you know, there's, there's some good news though in those numbers as well. The economy's output expanded at a 4.0% annual rate in that advanced number uh, in the fourth quarter. That's above average. Um, average would be about a 2% annual rate. Um, but, you know, even, even at 4%, it's probably much lower than we might expect given the need to recover and what we usually see strong growth coming out of a recession like like 2020. So uh, my read on 
on the economy, you know, measured by the output produced in late 2020, and it's expanding again, but probably not fast enough to add the jobs the economy needs to get back to full employment anytime soon, or fast enough to put significant upward pressure on inflation, something that the Fed chair, you know, mentioned in his testimony this week as well. You know, in terms of good news, there, there has been a surge in retail sales in January. That certainly helps, helps manufacturing too. Um, but, you know, we're still seeing that that's to some extent offset by weakness in the service sector where um, bars, restaurants, hotels, travel, tourism, entertainment are, you know, all been, you know, continue to be hard hit by the, the COVID-19 pandemic. So there, there we have it. Okay, Gary, thank you so much. And we'll check in in a couple of weeks and see what things look like then. Okay. Thank you, Paul. You Take bet. Care. Gary Zimmerman is a retired senior economist for the Federal Reserve in San Francisco and currently is a visiting professor at the Vienna University of Economics and Business in Austria, where he teaches courses in economics and finance. 